Ladies and gentlemen, we've got another banger for you guys today. It's going to be a little bit more of a serious topic. So specifically, we'll be talking about fentanyl. What is it? Why is it so common? And why are increasingly more people dying from overdoses of fentanyl? Most importantly, how you can keep yourself and your friends safe when you are doing drugs, making sure that you're adequately prepared and that you minimize the risk of an overdose as much as possible. I'm Yuki, joined by my co-host Reggie, and you're listening to Modern Day Hippie, the podcast about doing drugs in a responsible, fun, and safe way to improve your life. Before we jump into today's episode, a quick legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Our goal is to educate and inform others about the realities of substance use in an engaging format. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to attempt to recreate anything found in this episode or any of our other content. We are not confessing to any accident in this podcast. The content in this episode should not be treated as factual or real in any way. Now with that, we hope you enjoyed today's show. So first off, let's start with what actually is fentanyl. So it's a synthetic opioid that was originally developed as a pain medication for very severe pain. So we're talking after surgeries, after like major accidents, bones breaking, just people going through like immense amounts of pains. I actually was administered fentanyl a couple of years ago. I had a pretty gnarly ski accident in a very inaccessible place. And literally by the time ski patrol got to me and got through this long process of getting me like to an ambulance so I could get to a hospital, they actually had to give me an IV drip on the side of the mountain. And they put something in the IV drip. I thought it was morphine, but they told me it was fentanyl. And the only thing I knew about fentanyl at that point was hearing that people overdose on it, that it's a very bad and solely negative drug, which in many contexts it is, especially when you hear about it. But traditionally, it is just a pharmaceutical substance, much like so many of the drugs that we consume today, like ketamine and other types of opioids that are specifically prescribed for pain. Now, pharmaceutical fentanyl also should not be taken in large amounts by any means, but it's also created in a way where the risk of an overdose is smaller and it just works more effectively at what it's intended for, which is numbing the pain away. There's also illicitly created fentanyl, which is what often ends up in drugs, what causes overdoses for people doing drugs, and that's where the real issues lie. So according to the CDC, over 150 people die every single day from fentanyl. I mean, that's a gnarly number. Like in the course of a month, we're we're talking between 4,000 to 5,000 people. And I think that statistic is in the US alone. So the question comes to how are so many of these people getting fentanyl in their system? Why is this the case? Well, fentanyl is often used as a way for the cartels who are creating these drugs to make their drugs more potent without having to put a lot of actual drugs uh, in, you know, let's say the, the powder that they're making. This all goes back to the reminder that I like to give you guys that a lot of drugs, in particular the ones that come in powdered forms, are literally just being created by some dude in a kitchen somewhere in South or Central America, most likely. They're not necessarily sticking to a very set recipe. Uh, this isn't like a lab environment where things are being closely monitored and ingredients are being perfectly measured out. There's a good amount of guesstimating and really just 
these dudes throwing together like random shit to create these drugs, especially things like cocaine, uh, kitchen sink, 2CB, which we published an episode about a couple of weeks ago. And ultimately, you know, the goal of these cartels is to make as much money as possible off of their illicit drug trade. One way they can do this is by cutting drugs that they're making with other substances that closely simulate the feeling of that drug, but do so in a way that's just much cheaper per gram of it that's produced. So for example, if a cartel wants to make one gram of cocaine to sell in the US, uh, they could either create an actual gram of cocaine and that would cost, you know, like whatever it costs them to make that full gram, or they could make a gram of not totally pure cocaine. Let's say it's like 50 or 60% pure cocaine. And then the rest could be literally just a white powder. That's not a drug, but with a tiny amount of fentanyl in it, that will make the user feel like they're getting a full dose of cocaine and not able to realize the fact that the cocaine that they're taking is not completely pure. The issue that arises here is that fentanyl is such a potent substance that literally the difference between a couple of grains in a dose of of a drug can really spell the difference between someone really feeling the drug and presumably enjoying the feeling and actually having a fentanyl overdose and dying from it. Traditionally, fentanyl was used in heroin to cut that substance and make it a lot more affordable because heroin is something that is is pretty expensive and just extremely addictive to users. For the record, heroin is one of the drugs on my list that I will never try. I never want to try it. I never will try it. And it's not something I would ever recommend just from what I've seen, from what I've heard anecdotally. It is just not a drug that you want to mess with. And it's just not one you should ever even consider trying. Unfortunately, people who do try it tend to get addicted to it very frequently. They're constantly looking for more sources of heroin. And as that demand for heroin goes up, the cartels can only keep up with production so much. And so as a result, uh, they're swapping in more and more fentanyl into heroin or actually just selling fentanyl on its own. And that's a case where people will just take too much on their own and OD. Now, I'm not sure what like percentage of fentanyl ODs come from someone actually knowingly taking fentanyl versus someone having it on accident, but I'd be willing to bet that the accidents far outweigh the purposeful com- consumption of fentanyl because so often nowadays there can be batches of cocaine in particular that will be cut with fentanyl to kind of give it that extra boost while letting the cartels have more margins on on this substance that they're producing. That's why it's so, so important to keep yourself safe and just be educated about fentanyl and what to do to avoid it, what to do if one of your friends starts overdosing on it. That will literally make the difference in saving your life or someone else's. So the number one rule, and this is one that we talk about all the time, is to test your freaking drugs. It literally takes a couple of minutes. It's not hard to do. One of our affiliates, dancesafe.org, they sell cheap testing kits. They're a nonprofit. They ship their testing kits in completely indiscreet packages. So there's no risk of getting caught or anything like that. And on one hand, they have testing kits for specific drugs where you're using different reagents, which are basically these colored droppers that you test small amounts of your drug to see, is it actually cocaine? Is it actually LSD, et cetera? They have reagents for all sorts of different drugs. But Dansafe and a lot of other companies that sell drug testing equipment also sell fentanyl strips. These are also extremely easy to use. You essentially take a small sample of your drug, you dilute a small amount of it in some water, 
And then you stick the end of the strip into the water and you let it travel up the strip. After a few minutes, you'll be able to check this, the strip and it'll have a control line and a test line. And that will tell you if there's any trace of fentanyl in that sample of drug. This whole process takes about five minutes. And honestly, even just testing drugs in general, it's weirdly kind of fun. Like it feels like doing high school chemistry, but it's really easy because all the instructions are right in front of you and you're just looking at the colors and identifying those on the color chart. So it's super easy to do. But with fentanyl in particular, it can really make the difference between life and death, not just figuring out if you actually got real 2CB or like a mixture of some other stuff, for example. Now, there are several signs to identify if someone around you is in the process of overdosing on fentanyl, potentially. So some of the signs to look out for are that the person is losing consciousness and going in and out, uh, that they have slow, weak, or just no breathing at all. They might have some choking or gargling sounds. Their body might be limp, and they might have cold, clammy skin that might even be discolored. If that's happening, it's your responsibility as a safe and responsible listener of this podcast and drug user to be prepared for that. The best way to be prepared is to buy Narcan. So Narcan is essentially the brand name for naloxone, which is essentially an antidote to opioid overdoses. So if someone's overdosing, you can give them Narcan. Uh, It's usually a nasal spray, but sometimes it can just be injected into someone's skin. And it works extremely well. Literally within a few minutes, it will completely counteract the effects of the opioid. person will be able to start breathing again, and it will literally save their lives. Now, that's not the only step. At that point, you also do need to call 911. You need to get an ambulance. You need to get that person to the hospital because taking Narcan is not the end of the story. There's still a lot of safety procedures and checks that need to be done to make sure that person will actually be okay because the Narcan does wear off relatively quickly. And that person needs to be under supervision at all times and really should be under the supervision of medical professionals to make sure that they're doing okay. As more and more people kind of open their eyes to the benefits of different substances, you know, we talk a lot about psychedelics, ketamine, MDMA on the podcast, but even beyond that, as people become more open-minded to trying different substances, that's only going to continue to increase the general demand for drugs across the board. And, you know, the cartels to keep up with that demand, they're going to keep producing these drugs as quickly as possible. And when that happens, they're probably going to continue to cut corners. That means they're going to likely use substitutes in certain substances to make it cheaper on their production side so they can make more money and also make it seem like there's actually more of a certain drug in the market than there might actually be in in a purity sense. Uh, There's also kind of other augmentations of fentanyl that these cartels use that are even more potent. So the most well-known one is called carfentanil. It's actually 100 times more potent than fentanyl itself. We're literally talking the difference between one grain and two grains of the substance will literally be the difference between life and death. I'm telling you guys these things not to scare you, not to worry you, but to make sure that you're educated and you know what you're getting yourself into. The more I've learned about fentanyl over the last few years, the more I've just made it an absolute priority for me to test every single drug before I take it. As much as possible, I try to avoid taking drugs from strangers. I make sure that I'm the one acquiring it and that I most importantly have the chance to test it at home. Might even test a couple of different samples from a batch just to make double sure that fentanyl isn't present. I have yet to actually find uh, any drug that has fentanyl in it. 
which I consider myself very lucky for, but you never know when it's going to happen. And at this point, it's more a matter of when and not if. And I know for a fact that when I find a sample of a drug that has fentanyl in it, I'm immediately throwing that away. I'm never buying from that person again. And I'm telling everyone I know who did buy from that person to be extremely careful and watch out for that. Because the truth is, most people still do not test their drugs, despite how easy it is. And you want to make sure that to the extent you can, that you can protect the people around you who, just like you, are trying to have a good time at a rave, at a party, and virtually none of these people are actually looking to die from their drug consumption. I hope you guys learned something useful today and genuinely this information very well could save your life and the lives of the people around you. Truly, thank you for listening to the show. We seriously fucking appreciate it. If you want to help us out, just leaving a rating or a comment, you know the drill would be incredibly helpful. But more importantly, share the knowledge and the love with your friends. Make sure they're getting the information they need on this topic that is so underserved and underappreciated in today's society. We'll see y'all next week.